Good evening. This is Chad with I Want to Know. Uh, unfortunately, Mark wasn't able to make it again tonight, so I'm going to have a discussion with my friend, Nikki Middleton. How's it going, Nikki? Great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Uh, Nikki is a, a local entrepreneur, an international model, a fitness model, world champion fitness competitor, an actress, and an Instagram ba- brand ambassador. I'm guessing as uh, an entrepreneur in Alberta and Canada, as an actress, that uh, it takes a lot of work to stay busy uh, and make a living. We're, we're not well known for our movie industry. This is true. It's a lot of, it's sales and marketing. So I took my sales and marketing background of over 25 years and my business background and turned it into the acting, modeling and fitness modeling. Um, It's kind of a feast or famine type scenario. So if I just acted, I'd starve to death. Or if I just modeled, I'd starve to death. So, and the three tie really well together. So I always have something going on. And like you said, uh, I end up having, the majority of my work is international. Um, Not to say that we don't have lots going on here in Alberta, Canada, but there's more going on and there's more of a hub outside of Canada. For sure, yeah. I noticed uh, on your Instagram you had done the New York Fashion Week and then was it in London? No, um, for the Fashion Weeks this year alone, I've done New York, London, Milan, uh, Scotland, Atlanta, as well as our Western Canadian Fashion Weeks. That's and awesome. I'm still looking at Paris, possibly Paris, but it looks like it might be Russia. And I'm also doing Disney World. They have a little runway show going, which I thought was just interesting and fun. So very cool. I'm always got my hands in some odd things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, so with the modeling and and traveling all over the place, how does that work for you know a young girl coming up looking at becoming a model? You know, do they send you airfare? Do they like how how's it, how does it work? How do you get the phone call and then where does it go from there? Well, the thing is, if you want to be a model full-time outside from... Okay, if you want to be a model internationally and you want to do it properly, then you would need an actual visa, which can take up to five years to obtain. So I do a lot of uh, working vacations. (laughs) And the fact that I do model full-time, they won't tell you this in the industry starting out. I kind of found out on my own that a lot of things can be write-offs at the end of the year. So it really depends on the client. Um, A lot of clients know you're going to pay for your own airfare, you're going to pay for your own accommodations, but they're going to pay your hourly wage once you're there. So then you're going to write off your airfare and your accommodations. And what I usually do is say it's five days and my runway show is one day. So the other four days, I'm going to take one or two days of that and I'm going to set up other paid work while I'm already there on my own. Um, so then there's three days of paid work and then I'm going to have two or three days where I vacation and check out my surroundings cause I'm there already. So it really depends. The problem is these girls, 
jump into modeling and figure, oh, okay, what's going to happen is I'm going to be a celebrity and everybody's going to pay everything for me <laughs> and I'm not going to put a dime into anything. Or, oh, okay, I had a couple paid shoots, therefore I'm a full-time model and I'll never do anything for free. So you have to learn what good exposure is and what bad exposure is. For and sure. if it benefits both of you, and then go ahead and do it. Yeah. So it really depends. Um, with my experience, most of my um, most of my airfare is either they pay a portion or all of it, and they pay a portion or all of my accommodations. It really depends where I'm going and what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm freelance, which means I don't have an agent, so I negotiate that on my own. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually how we met. So. Uh, it- I don't think my listeners even know, but I have a clothing line called Combat DNA with a, a partner uh, that we started a while ago. And we just put it out on, I think it was like uh, Calgary Models or uh, Alberta Models, looking for some models to model our gear. And uh, you, another local actor, Jen, and uh, another local model, Michael, all volunteer to come out and give us a hand and model our stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're always shocked or I was shocked anyways, to find an international model, fitness model that would agree to come for free. So I was very appreciative and, and uh, we, we were thankful that well, you came out. Here's part of it. Um, people think I'm odd, but sometimes I will model for free because it's a great concept and I want to be part of it, which is uh, your clothing line. It's amazing. And But a lot of times too, I'll do something for free because I, I have some free time and it sounds like fun. So I go do it as a hobby that day and for free and I don't mind volunteering my time just because yeah. I think it, it a, a lot of the things I do I'm volunteering my time because it's um, an event that's a fundraiser or oh this sounds like fun and I actually have a spare day I'm just going to go model for fun and I don't have that pressure of of being paid for it and it's just a nice fun get together and I get to talk to some of the up and coming models and see what's going on that side because um key to success is seeing what's going on all around you above you beside you below you etc and see what's going on so talking to some of the newer girls that are up and coming that live here and are hobbyists or do it part-time I get to learn what's going on with them and I kind of see what's up and coming and I offer any free advice to help them out as well. I was going to say you get to mentor a little bit as well mm-hmm. too, right? Help some of the younger girls coming up. Some and some listen and some know it all. So <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> all you can do is offer up what you know and yeah, see what exactly. they do. Um, uh, it seems like a bit of a, a trend on our, our show is finding out uh, what drives people, like that self-awareness, um, you know, for someone to be successful in Canada in modeling, acting, all that kind of stuff, it takes some real drive because it's not like being in Hollywood and there's, you know, whatever, a thousand movies being made a day, you kind of pick and choose, right? This is exactly. this is a bit of a grind for Canadian actors or, or models. or Well, on the acting side, um, let's break it down on the acting side for a second. The problem with the acting side um, oh, here, well universally is the fact that there's three times as much work for men than there is women really so first so you're competing against that there's always a lot more male roles so then on top of it it depends on your age and your look um children they always want children 
So let's look at the woman's side of things. Okay, so now I'm competing against a bunch of men. Oh, here's a couple female roles. Okay, now Alberta alone, we have less roles going on. So I'm competing against children because they always want children. Um, there's always Generally, there's a lot of roles for cute kids. And they want seniors. It's really hard to find seniors. Really? So then all of a sudden, you're in that mid-range. Now... Then it depends on you. My, I'll go with my issue. We do what a lot of what's called period pieces here. So they want you to look, oh, you're definitely Asian. You're definitely Caucasian. I'd look at you. You're definitely black or white or purple, etc. cetera. Um, I'm part native, so I have an ethnic look. I'm not Caucasian enough looking, and I'm not native enough looking. <laughs> so I fall through the cracks that way. Yeah. Plus... Um, so on the model side, it's great. They want somebody that doesn't look like anybody else. Your so that look to your... so the unique look has carried me through for many years, yeah. which is a good thing. Um, genetics has helped. I don't look my age. Um, on the genetic side, great to look younger because I'm modeling with eighteen to thirty or twenty-five, thirty-year-olds. So great, I fit in there. On the acting side, the problem is they want to go by your age. Okay. Um, it really depends, but they'll go through to the agent and say, okay, I want um, 40 to 45-year-olds. So then, uh, and we don't, we're not going to go buy pictures. We're just going by birth dates on this. Okay, great. Yeah. So I fall through the cracks because they can't send me. Yes, I fit in that age group, but I don't look like somebody's mom. Yeah. And that's happened to me before. And then the casting director's upset. He's like, why were you sent? What am I going to do with you? You don't look like you have a nine-year-old. And they're mad at me. This was when I, uh, quite a few years ago now, when I started out, I was like 35. Yeah. And they're like, you don't look like someone's mom. What am I going to do with you? <laughs> so part of that is genetics. And part of it's a problem, my fitness lifestyle. Um, I I keep in shape and I keep healthy and I'm not saying somebody's mom isn't healthier in shape, yeah, yeah. but I don't look like a mom, a woman in her mid forties. So that causes right. an issue. So it, it's a little bit of everything. Everybody has their own battle when it comes to acting. And when it comes to modeling, you're always going to be too tall, too short, too ethnic. Oh, not ethnic enough. <laughs> oh, too tanned. Oh, not tanned enough. So it, it's and, never ending. And yet you get all <laughs> you get a lot of these roles, and you stay busy. And so again, what's 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 your drive? What what made you want to say, you know what? I know this isn't the great province to do it in, but I'm going to push through and do it anyways. Actually, it goes back to the fact of um, I have a business background, law background, and senior level insurance background. Mm. Um, I was corporate world, and that's where I was going to retire. And then, unfortunately, recession hit. So I went on uh, unemployment for the first time in my life. I'm like, well, this is interesting. How long ago was this? Uh, this was 11 years ago now. Okay. Yeah, when recession hit. Um, and they never thought it would hit in the insurance industry ever. So I went, oh, okay, well, this is a good time. I'm going to get a puppy and take a year and a half off and relax. Yeah. Well, that lasted for a little while. And then I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to kill somebody because I'm a workaholic. <laughs> went back into insurance and they hadn't recovered. So I was wiped out again. Wow. 
then I said, okay, well, I still have to pay bills. What the heck? And then I just fell into the modeling side of things. And then I'm like, oh, well, I might as well try acting. Like, um, there's there's no... Um, rule saying you they, they were looking for backgrounds. There was no rule. I didn't have to have any um, experience or schooling for it. Oh, let's give it a try, right? And yeah. it ties in well with the modeling. And then I quit smoking a few years later, and I was like, I think I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> so I joined the gym, and that turned into being a personal trainer. And then I was like, oh, what's this competition thing about? So you weren't into fitness like your whole adult life? That wasn't a big part of no, who you were? No, no. This all happened in my mid-30s. I wow. fell into it all, and they all combined together. And because I'm a workaholic and stubborn and driven and like to pay bills and like to pay my mortgage <laughs> and I like to eat. Yeah. Um, it all just tied in together and I just went with it and I couldn't picture being stuck behind a cubicle now 11 years later, yeah. but at the time cubicle life was great Yeah. and yeah. smoking was fun. So <laughs> it's a, you're never too old to switch careers. So it's really good. And as things have changed in the modeling world, it's helped me go longer too, because now beauty isn't defined by a certain height and weight and look like it was years ago. Yeah. Now they have the fitness modeling. They didn't have that um, years ago. And they have a whole thing about you don't have to be um, the typical model type to go further. And they're looking more at mature models now nice. um, universally. So things are taking a huge shift. In the last three years, they also started International Indigenous Fashion Weeks. Mm. So natives were, weren't part of it until about three years ago. So I ran with that too. Nice. So as things change, it, it keeps opening more doors for me. Yeah. The, um, it's funny you bring up about what uh, model agents are looking for because I, I dated a model when I was in high school and I remember going, I can't remember sure the Sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> we went to uh, her agent one time after school. I drove her up there and um, they were looking for something and this guy came in to kind of rate her, like mm -hmm. looking and, you know, he, he basically made her out to be like a monster, like, oh, well, yeah. you know, one eye's a little higher than the other and your ear's a little bit too big and, you know, if you turn this way, you look lopsided. And I'm like, he's saying this to my 17-year-old girlfriend. I was like, I'm going to punch that guy in the face if he says one more bad thing. But, but that's how bad it was back in like right. 90s, definitely. That what, that's when it was. It would yeah. have been 89 or 90 is when this went on. Now, don't get me wrong. It's still there. There's still industry <clears throat> standards, they call it, which means minimum height of five foot eight and size of zero to two yeah there's still that for so when you're looking at the fashion week so yeah. let's look at new york fashion week everybody's heard of that one they still have those standards and that's all they'll take and they'll only take models that are in agencies now an offshoot of those is independents that are so independent companies are doing the fashion weeks at the same time as new york fashion week and they're opening it up to a lot of um, girls who aren't with agencies that don't have to be the standard height yeah, uh, and shape, et cetera, because that, that's all. So this is happening around the same time as New York Fashion Week has two different things going on. Yeah. So you're still doing the runway and you're still part of New York Fashion Week. 
um, they're still looking at, they want you to know how to walk the runway and experience, et cetera. But it's opening it up to a lot of that. Well, it's got to be a bit of a challenge, too, for the people putting on these shows is that, you know, if you had nine different sizes of models showing up, how do you clothe them? How do you make the adjustments and all that? I even know with the, the shoot that we did, I'm like, what clothes do I bring? <laughs> and I had to bring, like, everything because we had Michael there who was, like, you know, probably 5'9", but he was about 235, like big, thick body Well, the designers guy. are still choosing the girls um, months ahead of time. So you're submitting okay. in your, it's what the designers are looking for. Yeah. So some designers um, want more of the petite girls. Some of the designers want more of the curvy girls. So it's what the designers are looking for. So you're still submitting your information. They're looking at your runway video. They're looking at your experience. They're looking at your your stats. And then they're deciding, oh, okay, yes, she would fit for the designs that I do. Cool, cool. So that's how that's happening. Yeah. Um, and so young girls coming up, they shouldn't be... Um What's the right way to put this? To put out based on what a designer wants. Because it's something that's almost like art. That the person needs to fit the 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 look, the clothing. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a personal attack when they like what I took of my girlfriend in high school saying that um, you know, if he says one more bad thing about her, I'm gonna punch that guy in the yeah. face. There's no need because it's not saying that you're not attractive or or whatever. It's just saying you're not fitting my clothing. There's more openings for uh, different types of girls to be models than there was 10 years ago. Nice. Not to say that just because you want to be a model and you decide you wake up on a Monday and you decide I'm going <laughs> to be a model doesn't mean that you can necessarily be a model. We have to be... Um, realistic too yeah and even if you have 11 years experience like i do i don't get every job that i apply for so you have to have a tough skin and be realistic so i say to the girls if you want to model great i'm not saying that you shouldn't or it can't happen but i'm saying you have to realize how much work it takes um my Biggest pet peeve is when a girl who's very pretty decides, oh, all my friends say I should model. I'm pretty. I look like a model. The problem is they don't realize there is more to it than that. Yeah. But with that said, there's a new generation of what we call Instagram models. Yep. And all you really need to do is be a very attractive girl and take many pictures and, and use filters and post it onto your Instagram. I don't even think you so necessarily... So there's an opening for every type of girl out there to model and compared I, to 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you're saying on Instagram, there was uh, there's a girl on there. I think she's got about 5 million followers, 4 million followers, like a ridiculous amount. All she does is take a picture of her bum every day, you mm-hmm. know, in yoga pants, whatever. And she's got... Uh, umpteen thousand followers, you know, she can sell products on there. She can do whatever. And, and see, I never cut down anybody that does that. It's good business. Um, Good for you for doing it. Mm-hmm. But then we have the experienced models out there hustling that are upset and they're like, how can you call yourself a real model? You take a picture of your butt. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't like to. I don't like to start the whole dirtiness of oh, you're not a real model because of or let's define what's a real model. Yeah. If you're modeling in any form and you're getting paid for it, then good for you. Yeah. It's not up to me to decide if you're a 
quotations real model or not. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of girls in the industry get very upset about that because they're they're out there getting paid to do runway and and photo shoots, etc. And then they're looking at the Instagram model that so yeah. who knows? Um, that's not my business. I'm too busy to care about what anybody else is doing. I'm building my own empire. And yeah, if yeah. you have your own empire going on, good for you. I think you got to look at anyone that's being successful and say, you know what? There's probably something I can take from that. You know, exactly. She's she's done something that no one else was doing. She was the first to do it. And you know what? If you ask a thousand models and say, hey, 10 years ago, if you started taking pictures of your butt and put it on Instagram, do you think you would be where this girl is? And the truth of the matter is they probably would be in that position if they were the first one to think about it. But it's also causing problems for us in other ways because they're to weed out the Instagram models. Um, They were doing for runway and for magazine shoots, they were doing minimum five foot seven to five foot ten, I believe, or five foot eleven. And because of the Instagram models, now they're doing five foot nine and five foot ten to six foot one. Oh wow! Because these a lot of these girls are shorter than that. Yeah. So it's a good. That's how they're trying to weed out so many of the Instagram models. Yeah, and that's. So, that's so, what creates the Instagram models too, right? If you take mm-hmm. a, a certain type of person and say, oh, you're not allowed to be in this industry for whatever reason, right? Yeah. You're too big, you're too fat, too short, too whatever, that you can't be here. Well, I'll find my own way to do it then. And Here's they jump devil's on. advocate on it though. If, if they keep opening it up to everybody, then how do you audition or what makes you special to be a model? If anybody can be a model... What's the thrill of being a model? That's it. I, I 100% so, agree. So there's the other side of it. I, I'm not saying that definitely. I'm just telling you the other side of things. These yeah. are the things that people say in the industry and and it makes you sit and take a look at it. But again, um, I, I don't care because as long as it's not affecting me directly yeah. and not that I'm a selfish person but if you're not affecting my job directly right now then it doesn't matter what's going on around me I think there's a, a psychologist that I listened to and and he he says something it's kind of like a model for his new book so Dr. Jordan P Jordan B Peterson talks about um uh, the antidote to chaos the 12 rules of life the number one rule is first do what's right for you but not only right for you, it can't be bad for other people, right? So it's got to be yeah. right for you and right for your family. Doing right for you is different than being selfish and who Correct. gives a crap about anybody else. Yeah. Exactly. And so if you're putting the effort forward for you first, like like you said, you, you've got a good career, you make a living, you pay all your bills, but you're able to come out and help guys like me or talk to young models and, and give them advice because you have the experience inside there. But had you only done what's right for you and nobody else, you're not doing those volunteer uh, model shoots you're not talking to those young girls you may not be as far along as where you are now exactly yeah and and the whole pay it forward i mean there was people i was lucky enough that people starting out helped me in the industry so why wouldn't i do that for others uh it, it saddens me that if you look on facebook it saddens me that uh women tear each other down so badly because of insecurity yeah and uh so there's a lot of lack of professionalism and insecurity that comes in this business too, which is yeah. very sad. That makes me sad. Why aren't we helping each other? 
Um, if you're worried about com- competition just makes me strive harder. And if you get it, well, then I should have tried harder or I just wasn't what that client was looking for. But to sabotage or to speak unkindly of each other um, doesn't help anybody and it, it just makes you look bad. Right, I agree. So uh, that kind of gets me back to the motivation that you don't hear many, and I don't want to pigeonhole women because it's not my point, but you don't hear many women talk that way. That's a very business entrepreneurial uh, mindset is that it's good to have competition because it drives you to that next level. Exactly. If you got on stage and watched another fitness model that was, you know, maybe more defined or a little bit bigger or something like that, you go, oh, okay, well now I know what I'm doing next week in the gym or the next month in the gym. Exactly. Because you can go after that. And that's very much a um, a male mentality in a lot of cases. It's always trying to one up the next person, but you don't see that a lot in in women, professional uh, actors, actresses, athletes, maybe, but not in normal um, circles of women. I would say. No, it, it seems like the majority of women want to. Men are transparent. Women are catty. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, and true. I'm generalizing. I'm not saying every woman and every man because yeah. I don't know everybody out there. But to generalize it and explain it and make it more black and white, it's true. Yeah. And yeah, I have more of the guy mentality. Uh, I'm very um, straightforward and diplomatic. And the key to my success, people always ask, "What's the key to your success?" Well, I'm driven, and I'm transparent, and I keep business and personal separate. Beautiful. Uh, and that's gotta and, be a challenge. And those in are itself. the keys right there. It is a challenge because social media, they're demanding. That's a job in itself. Yeah. Um, I need to put enough out there to keep my fan base interested, but still keep what I'm doing personally separate. Yeah. So that that's a bit of a challenge, but it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. When I'm done my work, I go in, I do work mode, I come <clears> home, I I'm not model actor anymore i'm just me and the other key to it is um i have friends that i've known before i ever got into the industry that were still friends so they they don't they could care less what's going on in the industry they're proud of me and they and they support me but they don't care yeah so that makes it easy we're not talking shop when i see them and i don't go and do the things that I have to do um, anywhere I have to, like events that I have to attend, I attend. Yeah. Anything extra, I don't <clears throat> go attend. I don't go hang out and, and do industry stuff if it's not work-related. Yeah. So that that's probably the difference. I think that's a bit of a misnomer that I for sure grew up with when I was looking at uh, actors and models and professional athletes is you figure that everyone is like, you know, the, the Brad Pitt or the Angelina... Angelina Jolie type person that it's bucket loads of money, but you don't have to be the very top of the heap to make a great living doing what you love. Exactly. Right. You do a little bit of the grind. And like you said, the, the social media, you go after the, the parts that you know are going to be good for you, help out people along the way. And all of a sudden you're now a professional model, actress, uh, entrepreneur. Well, people just think, oh my God, what an exciting, oh, the celeb life. <laughs> But I mean, between January and March, I'd gone to New York, London, Milan, and Scotland and Atlanta. Yeah. So I'd gone to five places in two and a half months. Yeah. Uh, it sounds great, but after a while, you're like, here's the, the celeb life. Oh my God, another airport. 
Yeah. Oh my God, a bunch of people <laughs> around me. Oh great, I caught something from being in... I ended up sick after one of the trips because you're stuck in stagnant air and on the... The airplanes on the, are gross. You're in the airplane more than you're anywhere. Yeah. And I carry all my own food, so let's check my small tuna to make sure I'm not a tuna bomber. So, <laughs> I I mean, you have to look at all that, right? Yeah. Uh, traveling isn't as exciting as it sounds. Don't get me wrong, the upside is, yeah, I traveled to all those places. I got to see them. A lot of people don't get to... I understand that but i like to keep it real people always say to me oh the celeb life you've been jet setting how exciting i'm not saying that it isn't but they don't nobody now i understand where true celebrities in hollywood say look my life isn't it as exciting as people seem to think and they don't know all the the ins and outs and the bad side of things now i get it yeah because there's fake friends there's people trying to ride your coattails there's people trying to backstab you um you're you're wheeling and dealing and uh you're living off a a, sometimes i don't even know what i'm doing next without looking at my calendar so it's pretty uh there it's pretty frantic sometimes depending Yes, I can pick and choose my work. On the other hand, you got to look at it this way too. You don't know what you're doing next, and you don't. Your income always fluctuates because you don't know what you're doing next. Then no. you got to pick and choose. Okay, is this a better thing to do or this? Which yeah. one am I going to do? And then you still have to have time for friends and family, and and, and so it's it's a lot of juggling all the time. Yeah, well, that's very cool. We had a. Uh uh, an MMA guy on here uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. His name's Robin Black, another Canadian. He was a musician for a long time, and now he's an MMA commentator. And when he came to town here to do the, he didn't come to town to do the podcast. He did the podcast while he was in town, but he was working for TSN, trying to get a job with uh, UFC at his one man mm-hmm. show that he was doing downtown. And so he was constantly juggling four different jobs all at the same time and you're yeah. at one doing um commentary for tsn they're like hey we got a really good idea can you meet us here at five o'clock we want to do another one over at this other gym and he's like can we do that i'm like yeah i'll get you there and so we run off and run him back again and so i realized very quickly unless you're you know top of the heap you're daniel cormier or brad pitt or whoever that is always going to be a grind just like every yeah. day is for everybody right i get mean it gets ready, easier the longer you're in it the easier it is like i don't look for work like i did 10 years ago or three years ago or whatever yeah i mean it is easier and you learn to juggle better but i'm yeah i have five different careers technically so yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot of jobs but it also depends on your personality um I was born a sales marketer driven type person. So I live off that. So that's my thing. So that's why it's easier to juggle too, because that's my personality. Were you born and raised in Alberta? I was born in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, My grandparents raised me. So my dad's parents, they came down in 1980 to check out the Calgary Stampede fell in love with Alberta, packed us up and brought us down here. Beautiful. So I've been in I've been in Alberta since I was 5. So pretty much born and raised. Perfect. But yeah, awesome, awesome. And um uh so you went to school here in Calgary, graduated. I went uh I grew up in a small little town. It was a village when we moved to it. Um it's a couple hours away from here, Sundry, Alberta. Oh yeah, yeah. I grew yeah. up small town girl. 
from grade three till about 21 years old, I was um, bullied. Mm. And then I got out of that and got a business career. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, adults bully too. So then I was bullied in a different way. And then I'm like, wow, the celeb life. Oh, wait, I'm still bullied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I got bullied for being nerdy and too quiet. And, and then I got bullied for being successful. Too boisterous. Yeah, I, I got bullied for being too nerdy. And then I got bullied for being um, too fit. There's such thing as fit shaming, which... They, they talk about fat shaming. I get fit shamed. Yeah. Um, so I guess you can't win. Uh, you're going to get bullied for something. So I, I whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up being a very, very tiny kid. And you wouldn't tell by looking at me now. But I was always the smallest kid in class. Uh, you know, always a new kid, too. We, we moved around a lot. So I know about the bullying thing um, yeah. you, deep down. You just never win. <laughs> I, uh, I, I sort of feel like I always did. So... The, I guess it, it, it's, you know, glass half full, glass half empty, that I always felt that those people were coming after me for a reason. And so, you know, I have these bigger guys pick fights with me, push me, whatever. And I stood up. Some of them beat me up. Some of them didn't beat me up. Um, but I always felt like I won, um, no matter what. Because if I stood up to somebody, I won. If I got beat up, I still got up. I still walked away. I won. Oh, see, I didn't stand up for myself. I was very, yeah. very shy and quiet. And my friends now are like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way you were ever quiet. Yeah. But uh, very shy and quiet, never stuck up for myself. But I wouldn't be the person, sounds so cliche, yawn, but <laughs> I wouldn't be the person I am today if that didn't happen. I 100% agree that I think the, the rough times in your life are make you the great person, yeah. right? You can't create a diamond without the pressure. You and talk that's about why being I'm, cliche. That's <laughs> why I'm always kind to the underdogs now. Yeah. I find I take to them. And uh, so it bring, I have a very big heart, but I'm also passive aggressive. Yeah. So uh, as my grandma would say, I'll give you the shirt off my back, but watch out if you take the shirt off my back. <laughs> exactly. So, and that that's pretty much why I did so well in the business side and why I do well now, because I'm diplomatic. I'm, I'm not aggressive in your face, but I'm not going to roll over and you're not going to doormat me either. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and you know, we, we see this with what we're doing with the podcast that, uh, you know, I invite a, a Canadian celebrity out being Robin Black and everyone's like, there's no way he's showing up at your house. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to happen. And I got him, right? I invited you. I got you. There's, uh, there's more to come down the road as far as what we're doing, but it's, it's that complete lack of fear. I'm okay if Robin Black tells me no, and I was okay if you told me no. See, this is what, and that's what my grandparents taught me too. My grandmother is 85 years old Ooh. and feisty nice. and but she's not typical um old-fashioned she taught me old-fashioned values and i taught her more modern modern values so we kind of melded in the middle somewhere Beautiful. and she she always taught me things like that how do you it sounds so silly but it's so true how do you know if you don't ask the yeah. worst that's going to happen is no. Yeah. Did you lose anything? No, because you didn't have it to begin with. Yeah. But if you sit there and you go, oh, well, that'll never happen. And to this day, it's funny. People have known me for years. They still do it to me. They're like, there's no way that's going to happen. And I think sometimes all I hear is, I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, I do get what I want. Yeah. And it's because I am tenacious. 
But people just think, oh, I, I can never do that. Oh, there's no way. And they've already sabotaged themselves. Um, I'm one that, oh, okay, well, I planned this route. It didn't work out. Okay, let's, let's, uh, here's my backup plan. If someone says no, it's not the end of my world. It wasn't right. meant to happen. But people aren't even willing to ask, which blows my mind. I'm a firm believer in the, uh, the old phrase, um, if you believe you can and you believe, or you believe you can't, you're right, no matter what. Exactly. So whatever you believe in, you can make it happen. It may not be on your timeline, but you'll get there. Exactly. You know, you've been telling people I was starting a podcast in Airdrie. They're like, who can you get on here? Well, I've already had two uh, celebrities. I mean? <laughs> and I don't know if it's a Alberta thing. Uh, okay, all Albertans can slap me here. but <laughs> Or if it's a human thing, I'm not sure. Yeah. But it tends to happen a lot. You bring up something. And I don't know if it's because secretly people wish they could do it, so they want to just cut you down. I'm not sure what the reasoning is, but I see that in my own life and I see that in other people's lives where somebody will bring up something like it's outrageous. You said I'll start a podcast, but they they seem to hear, oh, I'm going to be a rocket scientist tomorrow. And they're like, oh, my God, you can't do that. Like, it just blows my mind. Why are people like that? <laughs> I think I think there's a twofold. So like I know my uh, my mom, for instance, she's uh, she, she will tell me things are, are hard or they're too difficult. Maybe you shouldn't do them. But I think she's trying to protect me going like if you mm-hmm. aim too high and you fall, you're going to get hurt. I don't want to see my son get hurt. I get it. That That's some of it. Some of it is definitely people don't want to see you venture out past everybody else you know i get harassed for you know why do you work so hard why do you do so many things because i like it i wouldn't do it if i didn't like it right i i enjoy starting something new i enjoy working with my partner in uh, combat dna i love doing the podcast and meeting people like you and and understanding what drives nikki to keep at it even though it's a difficult industry to be in and you always have people who are like oh you can't do that Stevie is pretty good. That's great. (laughs) Can you edit that out later? No, there's no editing. It's all good. We we just had the dog barking in the background too, which is uh, um, a bit of an annoyance, but I can't kennel him up. Well, Stevia, which I've just tried for the first time, um, root beer flavor. It's pretty fantastic, Um, eh? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so the uh, back to that self awareness. So when when did you realize um, that that you talked about you know being laid off and hitting a hard time? So was that your catalyst where you went, oh, I can't rely on corporate Canada to to um, be there for me, so I'm going to go out on my own? What was what was your catalyst? Hmm. I'm a kind of a roll with the punches kind of girl. And yeah, I went, when I went back into insurance twice after and was wiped out twice again, I was like, okay, this is enough. Yeah. And I'm always one to, I'm not adventurous in the way of, okay, I'm going to go skydive. No, not my thing. Why would I jump out of a perfectly good plane? (laughs) Not my deal. You don't need the adrenaline. (laughs) No, but I'm adventurous. Whereas I'm like, well, let's give it a try. And if it doesn't work, oh, well. Yeah. Like, I don't worry about falling on my face because there's always been something. And I have a, a back, I looked at it, well, I have sales and marketing background. I have administrative assistant background. 
Um, worst case scenario, if this doesn't work out, then I'll go go do that. Go yeah. back into that. It's not like I'm going to starve to death and let's give it a try. Yeah. So, um, and I guess I must have been looking for a change and didn't realize it. Which is funny because growing up all the year when I was younger, I couldn't stand, I was so insecure and so shy, I couldn't stand a camera in my face in any way. It just was horrible. Couldn't make eye contact with people, (laughs) like full on, it was terrible. So I would, my grandmother and I were both shocked when I did my first photo shoot and I'm like, oh, I like that. And I, I learned... And that was just like 11 years ago, you said. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned right away um, whether I liked it. And I, I learned, here's the other thing in modeling I wanted to tell people um, back to you when your friends say, oh, you're really pretty. You look like a model. You should model. I've known girls that are beautiful that the camera doesn't love. Really? And by what I mean by that is it's how the light reflects off somebody's face. Yeah. And you can be the most beautiful person and you can be an average person. And the average looking girl can look beautiful in pictures. It, and it's not all to do with makeup. Some people are not photogenic. Yeah, yeah. So you have to find out if you're photogenic. Yeah. And you have to be willing to learn your angles and and love the camera and the camera loves you. Not everyone's photogenic. Do so you, that's a big thing right there. The most I've seen the most beautiful girls that aren't very pretty in pictures. The, it's uh, very weird. Do you, do you get a lot of direction when you're on set doing a photo shoot? Like, are they going, you know, stand this way? Like, I remember in high school or no. in elementary. No it, direction. It, when you're experienced, the photographer expects... Nine times it depends on the photographer. Some photographers like to work with you and direct you. Um, it really depends who you're working with. But I find a lot of photographers, being you have the experience, they just want you to do your thing. Nice. They expect that you do your thing, and they might say a little to the right, a little to the left. Yeah. As a newer model, um, photographers should be working with them and telling them what they do um i enjoy collaborating because i can't see what you can see through the camera i have an idea of poses but i don't know exactly what it is you're looking for what you can see through the lens so it should be a collaboration of both of us working together to get the end result. Just a discussion, find mm-hmm. out what he's want, try a couple things until you you guys find the middle ground. And the newer girls, they want to spend hours taking a gazillion, Brazilian, zillion pictures with just a slight different movement. <laughs> and, and, oh, it's exciting. But then as you do it, you get into it more years, you're like, okay, this is what we want. Let's slap it out. Did you get the picture? Great. So that could be in half an hour. It could be an hour. It depends what it is you're looking for. Yeah. But the key to the to um, doing it properly is getting the picture. Yeah. It doesn't matter about 100 pictures. It matters about that one picture that you're going to use, that that perfect shot that's going to be used for whatever it is you're doing whether it's magazine or commercial commercial whatever it is you're doing so that's the difference with experience too cool um well let's talk a little bit about the uh the fitness and the and the the bodybuilding um because uh you're accomplished you're a, a world champion uh fitness competitor um so 
Let's talk a little bit maybe about your uh, routine, like what kind of exercises you do um, to um, get there. Is it just traditional bodybuilding type? Here's key number one. I'm a personal trainer, but you need a personal trainer. Yeah, They're the ones that, okay, I paid for you, so I have to show up. Yeah, Because even though I live in the gym five, six times a week, I'm like anybody else. There's days where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and if I'm just training myself, I'm like, eh, tomorrow. So if you have a personal trainer, you know they're waiting for you. Yeah. You paid for it. You're going to lose your money. Okay. And I'm money oriented that way. Yeah. I'm not rich. <laughs> if I'm paid paying for something, yeah, I'm showing I, up. I, I'm showing up. Yeah. They're going to make sure that you're doing the proper range of motion, that you're not hurting yourself. They're going to make sure that... Plus, then I don't have to think for that hour. They put it together. I'm following what they want to do. Also, I'm a personal trainer for people. I'm not certified or have enough, even though I compete, I haven't been in the industry long enough to train people on the competition side. There's a difference. Um, Exercise and weight training just to be fit for most people is about three times a week doing it properly with a personal trainer. Yeah. Um, when you're going to compete, you're in the gym on off season five days a week Yeah. and you're eating um, set meals. So uh, there's a lot to it. People just think, okay, go in and you lift some weights and you do some exercise and that's it. No, there's key to it. You have somebody who does your meal plans for you. Uh, you have a personal trainer And you know that one hour is enough if you're doing it properly. People overtrain all the time. Um, So I eat five times a day all year. And the reason I do is competitors do it a little bit different. If you just compete, it's a little bit different. You're going to start doing all that closer to competition. I do it all year because I'm also fitness modeling. So I have to stay in... There's no off season for me. I'm yeah. staying in decent shape or good shape all, all year, yeah. right? So I eat five times a day every three hours. Oh wow! Is my meal plan? What? Uh, how do you break up your meals, or what are you looking to gain in each meal? Well, it really for everybody should have their own meal plan, and mm-hmm. they should go through a meal coach because they're gonna set it up for your body what it is you're looking to do. How does your body respond to certain things, et cetera? Because I have sensitivities to foods as well. Yeah. So I have bad guts, basically. So things are a little bit set differently for my meal plans than others. But basically, uh, high protein. Yeah. So when people contact me and they want the easy answer to, oh, how do I lose weight? What what can I do? Because they don't want to go to the gym, really, and they don't. They're looking for the magic pill. So the free advice I can give everybody is drink four liters of water a day. Oh, wow. Because that's a natural detox for you. Yeah. So it's detoxing your system naturally, and it, which is a perfect weight loss solution. Because yeah. nine times out of ten, you're not, people say, oh, I'm fat. A lot of times that's not fat. You're holding toxins. Yeah. So you're bloated, bloated and feel gross. That's not fat content, that's toxin buildup. So yeah. the water will do that. So it's a, 
And they find within about three days to a week, you see a huge difference wow. right there. My uh, my wife's a holistic nutritionist, so she does meal plans for people, helps them lose weight, get fit, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, one thing you were talking about with the, the gut health is it's probably the most important thing you can do for your health is to make sure that you are actually digesting food properly. Exactly. The, and everybody has bad guts nowadays because of what is in our food or what our food is lacking. Yeah. She's uh, just read a study, told me about this morning actually, where there's a, it's a supplement or a probiotic made from mandarin orange peels. And supposedly in the testing, what it's done is all the little gaps that are in your digestive system that allow the food through instead of just the amino uh, acids through or the the, the broken down proteins, um, it's because those holes are too big. And mm-hmm. so this mandarin, I think it's called a mandarin probiotic. Mm. I can ask I've not heard of that one. It's fairly new. It closes everything up really, really quickly. So now the only thing they can get through is the actual amino acids, the stuff that will eat your body. So you don't have these allergic reactions and this bloating and upset stomach every time you eat all natural mm-hmm. foods. You know, when you eat garbage foods, you're still going to feel like garbage. But a lot well, of people the number feel- one key too is... Um, greens because yeah. one of the cause major causes towards cancer is because acidity in your system mm-hmm. which we all are acidic people women are worse because we're we're high we're more acidic and we have more um more acidic bodies because we're we're higher stress creature than men are mm-hmm. um and because of that we have uh, higher candida in our, or yeast in our systems than um, men do so getting your body alkalized is a is a key factor as well we uh we just went through that with my mom we put her on an anti-candida diet she's Mm -hmm. uh 70 70 something years old and majority is 68 years old she was born 1950 most (laughs) of them have to do that because they're they come from the time of bread eaters right exactly all the bad grains all the processed foods when they first started coming out well, good job she'll do that because at uh, 85 years old, my grandmother uh, feels she eats healthy. And, oh, well, I eat whole wheat bread. So <laughs> I eat healthy. And you can't change her mind yeah. because her friend told her. Yeah. So it doesn't, at that point, good luck. Well, at 85 I, years I can't old, change she's... her. Yeah, and she must have did something right because she's eighty five and still going. So, and if she feels okay, <laughs> then that's great, right? Like, why, why, why try to force somebody? My mom wasn't feeling good; she was not in a good spot. So, well, we I'm glad she was willing to listen because a lot of well, at any age, people don't want to listen. Are stubborn as a they whole. just want the magic pill, and that's it. They yeah. don't want to do the work that there is to it. Yeah, and that goes back to my industries. People want. The fame and they want to say, oh, I'm a model, oh, I'm an actor, oh, I'm a fitness model, but they don't want to actually do the work that comes with it. They just want to jump into it and have that magic pill that it just happens right away. Right. And so you can't change their mind on it. Yeah. No, it's unfortunate. I think that uh, the majority of the population is very much that way where they, they just want the easy route. And there's, you know, there's not a lot of satisfaction having stuff handed to you. But, uh, you know, when you get a job, you know you busted your butt for it, right? You've earned every penny that, yeah. you, you, that you've gotten from it. So um, I, I'm a firm believer in do the things that are hard. You know, make it a challenge. Go to the gym, ride your bike, go for a run, anything to challenge yourself every day. 
Exactly. Yeah. So are you uh, born? So you're born and raised in Alberta. Um, been doing this for eleven years. You were in corporate world before that. Um, you have a, a family life. You have a husband. Uh, I'm divorced. Okay. I have an amazing boyfriend. Nice. He is an artist and a grade five teacher. What kind of artist? He he would have to tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm autistic, not artistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I love creative people as a whole. Like I think uh, you know martial arts, uh, acting. Any kind of art at all to me is always super impressive. He does a little bit of acting in the summer with me. He does a bit of acting and uh, a bit of modeling because it, it tied. Um, we work very well together and he supports me well because I never thought about it that way until I met him. Um that I'm in the arts as well. Yeah, absolutely. I always thought of arts as okay, can draw or uh, yeah. you, you know. And I was like, oh, you're right, uh, it is the arts. But I just 100%. never looked at it like that. Duh. So how long have you guys <laughs> been together? Uh, a little over two years now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I uh, see on Instagram you got a little dog. You're a dog person too. I do. I she is nine years old. Oh wow. Um, she I have anxiety attacks, so yeah. I also tour her around to certain things as well. She's a, a support emotional dog. support dog as well. But she tends to love the boyfriend more than me, I think. <laughs> and I think it's a lot of the female dogs, that's how it is. They take to the males and vice yeah. versa. So she's like his little shadow. Nice. If nice. if he's at, if he's home, it's like mom who. Yeah. <laughs> Can uh, can I ask you what triggers the the anxiety? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. I I would assume it would um, reading into what causes anxiety is a form of PTSD. They say yeah, um, and it generally goes back to childhood crisis. Yeah, and I have more family and friends in heaven than I do on earth. Yeah, um, and plus all the years of being um like the only one i have left is my grandma yeah so um uh, years of being bullied etc so i would say that's what's contributed to it yeah um i have really good ways to cope with it i mean there's people who can't even leave the house some days that was going to be my next question because those are important for people to hear is what are your coping skills well i think quitting smoking helped uh back in the day years ago back in my teen years i was a pothead yeah and i quit that one day because it was actually bringing on the panic attacks it was doing the opposite yeah. yeah so um Lots of exercise, sleep, eating properly, um, de- dealing with things properly. Um, mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference because I'm so active yeah. and because I have a great support system. I mean, the boyfriend is great and my grandmother's great and my wonderful friends. So I have a really great support system as well. So I've just learned how to work through it throughout the years and yeah. it makes a huge difference because it's mind over matter, right? I, I, I believe so. And I think that you kind of hit it on the head is uh, I, I listen to a lot of psychologists and, and I love understanding the way people's minds work. So when I hear that you overcome it, we know that sleeping well. Um, you know, if you're on the, the, the depressive scale, I think they, they judge it between um, one and uh, 51. And 
a good night's sleep can take you down, I think it's 8 to 10 points. So if you're at 40 on the depression scale and you get 10 hours sleep, you can drop all the way down to 30, mm-hmm. which is a very handleable um, place to be. Yeah, it's all combated by f- what you eat or what you don't eat and, yeah. and how you deal with situations and et cetera, right? Yeah. And if you're in a toxic situation, don't be there anymore. Yeah. So a lot of it changed after um, I got divorced. I was in a toxic situation. So yeah. that makes difference too. So it's who you surround yourself with, including yourself. Yeah. Um, that makes a difference. The self-talk uh, you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you don't do that, um, like you need to be confident in yourself, but you have to know what your triggers are and you have to know what you need to do and when you need to do it, like um, if I'm highly toxic, my system, yeah. so I know not to leave it and to make sure that I'm detoxed. Otherwise, my stress level is high because I'm toxic. And when you're toxic, it affects your mind, it affects your heart, it affects your body. So it's knowing yourself mentally and physically. Yeah. There's a a doctor, I believe she's in New York, her name is Dr. Kelly Brogan, and she talks at length, there's only a few things you need to do to overcome anxiety and depression, and one is is to get lots of sunshine, Uh, two is to eat really, really well, to exercise daily, and to get rid of the assholes in your life. So if there's people in there that are are toxic, they're not making you feel good, they're hard on you, they're always stressing you out, they're always dragging you down instead of picking you up, just create some space because they'll want to go away when you're successful. Which is really funny because, I mean, act modeling especially, but I'm in industry where there is a lot of toxic people. Yeah. <laughs> insecure. <laughs> Actors and models generally are insecure humans. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of funny. Like I, I work with the assholes that you said to get rid of, but yeah. <laughs> again, but they're, they're, they're small parts yeah, of your I life. Yeah, I step in and step out. Exactly. I don't live, I don't live my job. Yeah, So exactly. there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really like listening to Kelly Brogan cause she's a clinical, um, psychologist. So she can give prescriptions. She can give pills for anything, mm-hmm. um, but she chooses not to. She, she wants to do it. She puts you on a, a healthy eating program, a daily exercise program. She starts, you know, allowing you to talk and work things out, but you're not allowed to prescriptions. Like you got to do this. We all have this ability inside of us to heal ourselves and to feel better. Not to say that some people do have a, a large mental dysfunction. For and, sure, yeah. And I mean, exer- exercise and food isn't going to solve it. I, I'm not naive enough to think that. But for my situation, I don't need the drugs. I don't need that to resolve it. Yeah. I know for myself, if I uh, drink a little bit too much on the weekend, I don't drink during the week at all. And I don't drink in front of my kids. I might have a beer in front of them, but like I don't ever get intoxicated in front of my kids. But if I go with my buddies on a Saturday night, sometimes I get a little carried away. My Sunday to control my emotions is so difficult after a night of drinking. And so I think that's a big part of what um, a lot of people where they 
are constantly poisoning their body. They're going out exactly binge drinking Fridays and Saturdays. Especially if you have hypoglycemia, I have low blood sugar. Yeah. And I found that when I was younger, that's I'd have a couple days of the blues. I was super depressed and yeah. after uh, binge drinking, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. And I was like, oh, this sucks because you are. You just feel so terrible about yourself. Yeah. You're like, why should I even get out of bed? <laughs> So, yeah, I, I find that that's an issue, too. So are you alcohol-free now? Uh, yes, I have been for years. Now and then a nice glass of wine, but yeah. I would say alcohol-free, yeah. Cool, cool, yeah. Yeah, definitely smoke-free. It's not like, oh, now and then, no. <laughs> um, before I quit smoking, it was funny. My doctor said, well, you're not really a smoker because in a seven-day period, I might have one cigarette. Oh, wow. And I said, well, if you're putting it to your lips... And you're smoking it, you're still a smoker. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. I, I had the other problem. So when I smoked, it was uh, 20 to 25 cigarettes a day. Like it was a full pack a day. Oh, I started out that way, but yeah. I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't, uh, my wife, she'll, she'll, she doesn't do it anymore, but she used to when I smoked, she'd like, oh, let me have a cigarette. She'd have a cigarette. And she never needed another one again. For me, I am either a smoker or a non-smoker. There's no in between. If I could smoke like you, I would probably still smoke. Well, one of the reasons I quit is because it was a really nasty winter. Okay. It was one of our really, really, really cold winters yeah. where you open the door and you froze. Like it was a for, really bad. For people who don't understand, we're in Alberta, uh, Canada, and it gets miserable here. We're in Calgary, so it's not the worst place in Canada, but it gets pretty freaking miserable. But this was more than miserable is when we had one of those really cold winters where yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and uh, I had to, my spouse at the time wasn't a smoker, so I had to smoke outside. Yeah. And it was just so cold and I hadn't gone outside to smoke for so long that I just quit smoking. <laughs> nice, Because nice. I was like, I am not standing out. So I can't, even as... A previous smoker, we had all these terrible fires recently from BC right. blow in, and yeah. and it was it looked like the apocalypse here for days on end recently. I think it was a good a month and a half. And there's still people standing outside smoking. I know <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. And that's coming from a person who used to smoke. Yeah. Like, so the, I know it's pretty big in the fitness industry for helping people uh, diet down and lose weight is uh, bodybuilders. A lot of them smoke. I know um, a lot of fitness people do as well. And that was never part of your plan that you never, you know, I know when you guys diet down, it's, it's a deep cut, right? Yeah. And then, uh, so you got to go. <laughs> Don't I sound through? <laughs> it's never fun. I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of losing weight right now. And so I'm, I'm trying to balance my activity and my food and, and, and make sure that that stays good because I have a habit mm -hmm. of not eating enough. And then so when I do eat, it uh, just sticks to my body. And see, if people realize they'd probably eat more because eating five times a day, four times a day, eating properly, yeah. it boosts your metabolism and you lose weight. Support your liver. Give yourself good nutrition and your body will hit its natural But people weight. don't realize. But then you have the the people who I do. There's different areas of the fitness world. There's the drug tested ones. So yeah. we call that the naturals. Yeah. I'm in that one. And then there's the non-drug tested ones, which is. There's some big ladies yeah, in that one. Um, so because they're, they're, 
the drug test, the non-drug tested one. I mean, the guys can eat whole pizzas and burgers and do whatever you want because you're you're taking massive amounts of steroids anyways, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> so get you'll it. see them scarfed down, and they probably are smoking. Well, and they got to no, get no so one around can... me in the industry are smokers. Okay, we do live the health and fitness lifestyle, but again, we're in the the non-drug side of things so yeah. i can't really speak to the steroids side of yeah, things yeah the um michael phelps the olympian swimmer that guy eats like ten thousand calories a day uh for the amount of swimming he does you just look yeah. at the rock <laughs> i don't even want my to know future ex-husband the rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does your new boyfriend know about oh, that he know. <laughs> yeah. i think uh i'm not sure who's in love with the rock more me or him <laughs> yeah that dude's pretty impressive i uh yeah uh, I totally agree. The um, that Michael Phelps, ten thousand calories a day. He'll eat a whole large pizza to himself because he just needs the calories coming yeah. in. And I, that's what I realized when I w- I'm in a weight loss competition with a buddy of mine. So we're all we call it the race to one eighty five. And so that's a good healthy weight for me to be one eighty five. Got you. And uh, he's about that same. He's a little bit thicker than me. Uh, uh, he used to be a bodybuilder, um, and now we're old dad. And <laughs> we look like old dads. So and and we're tired. We hadn't seen each other in a few years. And uh, as soon as we saw each other, like, man, have you ever gotten fat? I'm like, I gotten fat. How about you? So see, guys can say stuff like that. If it's can, motivating. If you for said us. that to your girlfriend you haven't seen in years, you probably never speak again. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we 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 have thick skin. We're we're uh, mentally different. I think. Having a friend call me fat is the best motivation. My kids do it. And Uh, it's funny because we have terms that bother us in the industry. Like, uh, it's okay to say, oh, you've leaned out. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But if someone says you're skinny, we're offended. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How dare you? Yeah. Do you can't look at you, the guns Can't on you the... see my muscles? Yeah. Skinny. It's like a spit in the face. <laughs> I totally agree. I grew up being a skinny kid, so you talk about being fitness shamed or fat shamed. Well, I'm a size shamed. four now. Yeah. I'm five foot six, size four, 148 pounds yeah. at five foot six, which would be considered obese. If you're, you weren't muscular. Yeah. If yeah. I wasn't muscular, I should actually be, if you look at the doctor charts, I should be about 120, 125 pounds, I believe for five, six Yeah, and size four. But uh, before that, back in when I was around 21, I was a size zero and a hundred pounds, 110 Ooh. pounds. Yeah. Very tiny. Yeah. Very tiny. The, uh, so what's your, I know you're part um, Aboriginal. Um, Correct. What's the the rest of your heritage? Uh, on my that's on from my mom's side. Yeah. So that would be French and native. Yeah. And on my dad's side, there's uh, French as well, uh, Scottish and English. Okay. Have you done like the twenty three and Me or the Ancestry? It's or? funny. My grandmother and I got the kits, and in the next week we're actually going to do that because nice. we're interested to see what's going on. Yeah. And I just found my half sister recently. She's a few years older than me. Um, same mom, different dad. Yeah. And uh, she did she did it as well. So it'll be interesting to kind of compare to see what comes up compared to her. Yeah. So. Well, and the nice thing, like, uh, did you guys do 23andMe or Ancestry.com? I think we're 23andMe, I believe, is the one we chose. We did the, uh, I did the Ancestry one. um, And the only reason was because it doesn't do the medical side. 
Um, that freaked me out a little bit when you can, they can tell you 23 and me can say, well, you're susceptible to this. Like we found the gene that makes you diabetic. That creeped me out. I'm like, I'm just going to live healthy and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. See, I wanted to see that because my mom was adopted and her parents were adopted and the orphanage slash hospital that she was in burnt down with all the records. Oh, so you have no so, idea what family no, history is at all. No, so it, to me, it's uh, it'd be nice to see what pops up. Not that I'm going to let it define me, but it's nice to know, okay, these are the health thing risks that could happen. Yeah. So I paid the extra for that side of things. Grandma's like, I just want to see my background. I don't care what the health factors are at 85. Yeah. <laughs> She's the, like, I think I'm okay. <laughs> what, uh, what I found very cool about ancestry is when you get your results back it changes over time so the first one they gave me you know i'm uh, mostly english um some iberian uh there's a few mixes in there but i'm mostly Mm -hmm. english i always thought it was irish scottish and german and there is some of that in there but very very Mm -hmm. small percentages but as time goes on the technology changes and more people put information in all of a sudden they 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 can narrow it down oh no your family lived in this little town in this little area and from here and it changes over the and then they tell you about Who's on there? So I've got a list of about 200 people. They're from fourth cousins right up to first cousins and aunts. Very interesting. I, I was blown away at how um, how cool it really is. Yeah, I, I definitely want to check it out. Some people, it doesn't bother them, and some people want to know. So. Yeah. Do you know what uh, tribe your family was from? Like, if you're uh, pre- I believe Blackfoot. Okay. But we'll, we'll see what we'll happens. Find out soon enough, yeah. They, uh, well, I was listening to an anthropologist says we all basically came from Africa anyways. <laughs> and it's funny because most people will guess me as Greek or Italian, so. Yeah, I would have guessed, <laughs> I would have guessed Greek for sure. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I always get Greek or Italian. Yeah, I grew up in a lot of, uh, First Nations communities, uh, across Canada, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and, uh, I would have never pegged you for, uh, for a First Nations. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you never know when you're, um, well, none of us are purebreds anymore. Like no. the, it's just, it's just, it'd be unlikely that you would find someone that was born and raised in their original country. Well, and, and when you're Métis, it's different than First Nations because you only have a portion of native in there. So yeah. you'll see people with blonde hair and blue eyes, which makes me laugh for, uh, and here's a story. They'll have where they're looking for native-looking people for background for movies. Yeah. And Métis will show up, which isn't a problem, but if you have blonde hair and blue eyes... (laughs) Probably not what they're D- looking don't, for. <laughs> you're wasting their time and yours. Yeah, yeah. So I laugh because enjoy it, the the tax and breaks. I, and I don't. I don't even go to those because I know that they want First Nation. They want full on. You're definitely a native. Yeah, yeah. And I get that. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're definitely uh, indigenous. Yeah. So, so y- I know better. <laughs> the uh, the grandparents that raised you are from your dad's side? From my dad's side, yes. So they're the First Nation? No, they're the Whites. They're the Whites. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask about uh, um, if you'd spend any time on reservations in Canada, but if you grew no. up with the, the grandparents, then uh, probably not. No. Yeah. Um, people get very confused on how um, Native works, how Indigenous works. Yeah. First Nations are those that have grown up on reserves and or are full Native. Yeah. Um, 
Métis are the ones that have part Native. They're yeah. not a full Native. Is There's it one-eighth, between one-eighth and a half or something like that? Uh, if you have some Native in you, you're Métis. Okay. They don't so do like, oh, you're part Métis. It doesn't work that way. Okay. You're considered Métis if there's Native in there. So you could have 12% or you could have 60%. Yeah. Cool, but, cool. Uh, so, I, and you don't get the same, it, say I went and got my status card. Yeah. It doesn't really mean much in the fact that I, I'm not going to get much from the government. They don't really offer Métis much with a status card. Okay. Whereas, be, whereas First Nations, they offer more. But then there's the stigma too where First Nations get very upset because people assume, oh, you get all your schooling paid for. <laughs> no, it's all broke down into politics and where you live. Yeah. Is the best way to put it, what Métis gets and what First Nations get. Okay. So but it, it's very it, different. Yeah, it's very political and there's a lot to it, it, it but people just like to assume. Yeah. Just like they assume about anything, right? Models are stupid. <laughs> uh, right? Same thing. Uh, I've had some brilliant models in Everybody my day. has assumptions is yeah. the problem and and they like to speak about things that they don't know about. Just yeah. because I have some native in me doesn't mean I know a lot about how it works I don't I, I don't know native history I, I don't know enough about my culture at all to be honest yeah so I'm I'm not one to speak about it but I do know that people just assume oh natives get everything yeah okay your school's paid for and blah 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 and and every reserve is awful and etc yeah. etc et all the stigmatism to it but I mean people speak about that to do with the uh, Caucasians or any other, right? Yeah. They they feel that they know when they have no clue. Well, everyone wants to be, um, to place everything in a group, right? So, you know, with politics, you've got liberal and conservative, or you've got red and blue, you've got um, Alberta versus BC. Everyone wants to be on a team. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, you don't have to be. You well, be... people still do that with modeling. My aunt was convinced that you... Because of what she's seen on TV and from back in the day, I'm definitely starving myself and, and I'm going to be forced into drugs. You don't look like you're starving And I'm yourself. like, all right then. So, <laughs> it, I mean, everybody has something to say about something and there, there's yeah. not much you can do and you just got to brush it off or yeah. you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to be upset. Absolutely. I mean, some people drop Facebook because they can't handle the... The drama. The, the drama of it and the the nastiness of it but you have to take it with a grain of salt and do what's best for you and maybe just don't live on facebook yeah Um, there's a real world out there too (laughs) well i think you know the the social media a lot of people you're right do live on it but it's actually a really good tool Um, if used properly just like any other tool right yeah absolutely a a gun's a good tool but it depends how you're using it facebook tends to be a loaded gun i find yeah, yeah, for sure, for some people. I, uh, I've i never had a problem with social media. I've never had, you know, blowing up. I don't, my day doesn't get ruined. I don't get upset when I read something on there. I don't get offended um, at hardly anything. Some people try. They um, do, I know. Yeah. I get nasty messages now and then. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. Well, when you put yourself out in the public eye, you have to be open. That you, there's, there's 1% weirdos out there, for and, sure. And see, that is one of the best pieces of advice, too. If you're putting yourself into the public eye, 
then you can't cry about it. You can't have it all. Mm -hmm. If you want a fan base and you want to be recognized and you want to be a celebrity of some type, you have to take the good with the bad and you have to realize that not everyone's going to love you. And there's negative people out there. There's trollers. There's people who truly don't like you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because there's people who are like, oh, they're just jealous. Sometimes people aren't jealous. Sometimes they really just don't like you. Yeah, and that's okay. Uh, like, and that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like to always brush it off that, okay, every person out there that doesn't like me, it's just because they're jealous of me. Yeah. No, sometimes people just don't like you and that's the way it is. Sometimes people are just assholes. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not always that they don't like themselves. Sometimes they truly don't like you and that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I and if you want to promote whatever on Facebook, I don't have to look at it. It's my choice if I'm looking at what you're putting on there. Yeah. Same goes when I post <clears throat> things. Um, I I don't allow negativity on my own Facebook page either. I love open discussion, but if you're negative and you're going to cut down other people, then you're not part of that discussion, and it's up to me to make sure that you're off of there. Yeah. So I have responsibility, just like everybody else does on there. Yeah. So what do you what do you find offensive? <sighs> what do I find offensive? Yeah. When people are, where I see that somebody writes something as a hook it it looks like on the surface it looks like they've put something for an open discussion and then you see that somebody has wrote some okay 10 people on the discussion agree with the person who posted it and then there's one person who has a different point of view who isn't being a dick but says well I don't agree with this and this is why and then the whole group swarms that one person (laughs) and says oh you piece of shit yeah, you're stupid. Oh, oh, what do you mean this? What do you... And then this person says, what are you talking about? It's supposed to be an open discussion. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it turns into this awfulness. Yeah. Um, all I'm seeing is bullying, and I'm seeing that you opened it to be that way. Yeah. And, and you're not open to open discussions. That really offends me. Why, why do you think... So what I see about those people, and I find that a little bit offensive too, that they have to be right, and... Everyone else has to be on their team. They have to believe what they yeah. believe. And I've never understood that. Like, I'll, I'll have discussions with someone trying to change their mind. But if they don't, you're like, eh, all right. I, I had a probably a three-hour-long discussion on social media with a, a friend of mine um, about fluoride. And he is, like, over-the-top upset that there's fluoride in our water and uh, these they're killing us all and i'm like i don't know if it's killing us all but um so we have this discussion back and forth back and forth and at the end of the night um it got heated at a point but then he's like oh that was really good thanks and yeah off we go yeah i'm like i'm totally on. fine to have a full-blown argument yeah. but let's just you know if we don't agree we don't have to not be friends anymore exactly um what else do i find offensive um People just being mean to each other. Not that I'm naive and everything's rainbow and sunshine. But when you go on to, let's put it in the modeling world, this girl's put up a picture she's proud of and then girls just have to be mean about it. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, if you don't like it, carry on. You're, you're just another model. The girl's not asking for um, opinions. 
Also, on the other side of things, I find very offensive when somebody says, tell me the truth, and you tell them the <laughs> truth, and they're pissed off. Yeah. I think that offends me in the world, uh, whether it be Facebook or in the real world. Yeah. Don't ask for my opinion and then be pissed off because I gave you my opinion. Right. <laughs> I yeah. would say that's the most offensive. I, and I mean, animal abuse, that's offensive. Yeah. There's lots of offensive things out there. But for sure. I think that, you know, I don't understand why people aren't just working harder. I don't want to say to get along because I don't think everyone needs to get along. I don't want to have that fairy tale world. But No, uh, respect and respecting each other is different than not everybody has to be besties. Yeah. But they need to be respectful. Right. Yeah, that's it. It's just, it's okay to disagree. You don't have to, not everyone has to agree with you to be your friend. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of my best friends, I, my my co-hosts, we agree on very little, and that's why I like him as a co-host. He's gonna call me out like, "Hey, stupid! Why why, <laughs> why are you saying and doing that?" Or you know, uh, are were you not listening? Like he he literally will call me out as as I will on him, and we have very different opinions. He thinks marriage is the stupidest thing on the planet. Literally, that that no one should ever get married. There's never a good reason for it. And I totally disagree. I I love my wife. I love being married. I love being in a family. For me, it works perfectly. And we had a a guest on that uh, went through not a great relationship. And she's the same thing. No desire ever to be married or be with somebody again. And it's okay. Yeah. That's totally fine. Because that's your own life. And it doesn't... If you do something that affects me directly, then there's a problem. Otherwise, yeah. it's none of my business. Right. Yeah. And that's how I truly look at it. I'll I'll talk to both of them. They'll want to be in a relationship and tell them what's great. Because I think that there is a benefit to being in a relationship that they don't see yet. Mm-hmm. And so I'll talk to them about it. But if they, at the end, they go, you're stupid. This isn't going to work for you. It didn't work for us. I'm like, all right, fine. And off you go. Um, they're 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 welcome to their opinion, and and I don't see how someone's opinion could affect me. I'm yeah, I'm open to everyone's opinion. I don't have to agree with it, but I'm open minded. Yeah, there's a difference. At the end, if I don't agree, I don't agree, and that's my right. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just if people are nasty to each other, then there's a problem, right? Yeah. So what uh, what do you have coming up in your future? What uh, what's next for Nikki Middleton? Oh, um, <laughs> how much time do you have? Um, here here's the downfall of of my industries as well is what's called an NDA, a non disclosure agreement. So yeah. people don't understand what that is so a lot of times it looks like i'm not doing much it's because i've signed paperwork and i'm not legally allowed to say what's going on yeah so then people are like what are you up to lately and i'm like lots and they're like whoa what's that (laughs) well i can't tell you and then they kind of look at you like yeah you're probably just saying that (laughs) you're saying that to be cool but really you don't have any upcoming work yeah. Because people pull that too to look cooler, more yeah. interesting, right? Oh, I can't discuss my big projects that don't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking at, uh, I'm waiting for some things to come through, but it looks like November is my competition, which is 10 weeks away for the cool. fitness competition. So I've taken things a little lighter because I need to prep for that. So yeah. I don't want to fly anywhere to work before November. December, I'm looking at runway for uh, 
for Disney World and for Russia are the two I'm looking at. So I might do uh, what's, those. What's in Russia? What, do they have a fashion? They have a fashion week, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that just, I've got to hear a little more about it through my designer. But yeah, so that's really cool. And that's somewhere I'd like to look at. So yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I've heard cool. it's beautiful there. Yeah, I, I've been bugged to do New York Fashion Week again. And not that I don't love New York, but uh, I, I'm i more interested in doing runway in places I haven't seen yet because then I For can sure. turn, it, turn it into a bit of a trip as well. Yeah, um, It's been 10, nine years. It's been nine years since I've taken my last acting course. So I have an advanced two-day acting course coming up. Nice. Um, it's been three years, I believe, since my last theater work. So I'm auditioning for a theater. It's a Charlie Brown theater thing. Here in Calgary? Yeah. So I'm auditioning for that. That's yeah. coming up. What else is coming up? Some photo shoots and some stuff I can't talk about. And, <laughs> and some stuff sitting in my email I haven't looked at. So yeah. um I did so much modeling at the beginning of the year yeah. that sometimes I get bored, so I branch out. Yeah. So uh, I've been kind of concentrating on uh, the acting side of things here for a bit. Cool. Um, keeps me closer to home so that I'm where I need to be for c- competition coming up. So I don't see any travel before uh, my competition in November, but saying that, things change. Yeah. Next thing I know, tomorrow something cool comes up, and I'm like, okay, fine, I lied. Yeah. So. So what's the um, the fitness competition you said is in November? They're about mm-hmm. ten weeks away. So what uh, is it here in Calgary as well? No, Toronto. Okay, and then what's the the prep work for that? So what does your next ten weeks um, look like in in preparation for the the competition? Uh, it's uh, working. It's just switching weights. Yeah. And leaning out. So you go lighter weights, more reps, yeah. dropping your calorie yeah, count. St- yeah. Uh, I've d- Because I did a heavy detox recently, it dropped me quicker than I needed to be. So my next couple weeks will actually be bulking up, which some people are like, you bitch. Because <laughs> women generally have a hard time dropping. Yeah. I don't have a hard time dropping. So most people start at 12 to 16 weeks dropping. Yeah. I usually start dropping at about seven weeks because I dropped so quickly, but I've dropped, I've leaned out quicker than I needed to just because I've been working with the naturopath on a detox right now. Cool. So next few weeks while everybody else is dropping, I'm actually going to be bulking up again and then dropping. Beautiful. So yeah. what's, what's your, uh, I guess you're looking for fat percentage. What's your, your ultimate fat? Um, I don't do an ultimate fat. Some people do. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as how I look at that time. And that's how my um, trainer does it too. Okay. Because uh, it's unrealistic in some ways to say, okay, because say I'm down to 12% body fat and so is the girl next to me. I'm have a different build and I hold my fat differently than somebody else does. So we need to go by aesthetically how does it look compared to body fat? So working on uh, yeah. symmetry. Yeah. And, I yeah. don't look at the body fat side of things. I never uh, measured my body fat uh, last competition. Oh, wow. I so thought that was such an important it part. It is for a lot of them. And, and it's whatever works for you. I don't look at that. 
as well as I'm not on the scale all the time either because then you start looking at the number compared to how do you look in your clothes and how do you look in your bikini and how do you feel about yourself. Yeah. So I go with um, aesthetic. We do do measurements, don't get me wrong. We keep track of measurements and compare to last year because with competition, you always have something to work on and for, which is really good. My trainer placed first last year. She's still competing. She's just competing in different areas and still competing to see what she can do. And so you compare what your measurements were last year at this time compared to this year and and see where you need to change. Plus the judges give you an idea of what you could have done better. You You get a score of, okay, your quads could have been bigger or whatever yeah so what what are you actually judged on so is it size symmetry um how long you can hold a pose like what what is the judgment based you're judged on how you look yeah um physically so um aesthetically how do you look um so that's vain but that's how it is yeah and then you're judged on how your poses looked how comfortable were you on stage when you were doing your poses? And then they judge you on, okay, well, uh, symmetry is the big one. And yeah. then they look at, okay, you know what? You could have had your hamstrings could have been a little more defined or your okay. quads were great, but you could have done a little more here or there. Yeah. So it, it breaks it down into different categories and point system and then overall so well i guess i'm thinking bodybuilding not fitness because in bodybuilding they're looking for size and symmetry well where it starts is um it's still all bodybuilding sorry yeah cut out there it's still all bodybuilding it the difference is the different categories so the smallest category would be um bikini And then the next one up is a little more muscle and a little leaner fitness. And then it keeps going up until you look super masculine and huge. Yeah. So it, which is, uh, so it's all, it's different categories. So I do, uh, generally the bikini, which is the smallest. Yeah. Um, but we're all judged on symmetry, whether you're, no matter what division you're in, they're looking at your symmetry. So the downside of bodybuilding is the fact that if you're not very symmetrical naturally, it doesn't matter how much you work out and exercise, you can't change that. So part of it is genetics. Yeah. It really is. And if you're an average looking person and you're not very symmetrical, no matter how much hard work you do and how much makeup you put on per se, you're going to, you're, you might not score as high as somebody who is a naturally pretty person and naturally symmetrical, Yeah, which isn't fair, but I mean, life isn't fair. Yeah. Yeah. You work a little harder or, you know, see the next competition. If you go into it thinking I want first place and that's it, chances are you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth and never want to do it again. Yeah. I do it because I need a goal. Yeah. I always have to set goals for myself. So I like the goal of, okay, that's coming up. Do you have like a, a lifetime mantra goal? Like do you, I tell people all the time, my, my biggest goal is to be an active, healthy um, grandfather. That I want to be that grandfather that's always around my kids and my grandkids and helping them out. I can't do that if I'm sick. 
I set goals all the time, crush my goals and reset them. Yeah. So I, I don't have a okay 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, I just set goals as it comes. Yeah. So you look at the next year, maybe two and go, Hey, what am I going to achieve this year? And you just go after those yeah. things. I have like daily goals and yeah, exactly. Cool. Whatever cool. pops up. Okay. What am I going to do next? Nice. What are, uh, do you do a lot of reading? I don't do a lot of reading. I should do more reading. Everyone says that. I don't do a lot of reading. <laughs> My uh, co-host uh, who's not here today said uh, he wants to try to read uh, six books a year. And to me, that is too many hours of sitting doing nothing. <laughs> I'd rather be on a bike, put a podcast in my ear, and do a 60 or 70 Maybe. kilometer ride yeah. than to sit down and read. I just don't find the odd time I do. Um, I can't remember the name of the last one. It was awesome. It had the F word in it. Oh. oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, it's um, How Not to Give a Fuck. Yes. Yes. That was it. And I, that was fantastic. And it was funny because I was reading it on the way to a runway show internationally. <laughs> so it made me laugh because it actually did remind me and help me out when I got there. Beautiful. <laughs> so now do you know how not to give a fuck? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, what happens is now and then I'll see maybe a Facebook fan will have a book that's come out or they'll say oh i really enjoyed this and i'll just happen to catch it when i'm looking through my feed yeah and i'll be like oh and then i'll order it and read it yeah so um i kind of go that way so i read now and then but i'm not like an avid reader yeah, yeah. but if something catches my eye then which was great for traveling if i am gonna read i'm old school i still am so tactile i don't ever want to get a kindle reader i like touching i like the feel of the book i like turning the pages i can't help it well hopefully we're going to get you hooked on podcast now and next time you come back you'll have a bucket load more of information um believe it or not i i gained probably a majority of my education from from podcasts uh the amount of um, people hours that I spend listening to pumping information in my head um, while I'm doing other stuff. Um, so that's, this is... Well, I know podcast is becoming more mainstream here in Canada. Um, and also outside of Canada, the big thing that is is listening to web-based, I guess it would... I guess it is podcast as well. Uh, movies and TV series series yep. are coming out that way as well. Hundred percent. So, yeah. um, and that's a little project that we're working on right now too. We're gonna start releasing um, a series, a uh, sci-fi series. So, one of the actresses I had on at the the beginning of the podcast here um, uh, did a web series. I think she's still working on it as well here in Airdrie. Uh, and you put it out for free just to get recognition, sort of like you do mm-hmm. with uh, doing your photos and stuff. But they, they put a lot of work into editing and filming and writing these things. Uh, so there's lots of people locally doing them. I know YouTube is offering or starting um, a channel uh, just like Instagram is. So you can actually like subscribe to YouTube channels now and actually buy your TV shows on YouTube instead of through cable. Interesting. Yeah, so the it's growing. It's coming faster. Well, we're into this for uh, about an hour and a half. 
my uh, family is all getting ready to go to bed. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> yeah. shut up already. I, uh, I see them twirling around upstairs. <laughs> my wife just got home from work. So, Mickey, thank you so much for uh, for coming out and doing this. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe when you're done your competition, you can come out again and uh, uh, fill us in on how it went and uh, whatever uh, you have coming up again. We would love to have you back on the show. Awesome. And you can follow me on Facebook. Type in at... Nikki, N-I-K-I, Modelton, M-O-D-E-L-T-O-N. Perfect. Instagram at Middleton, M-I-D-D-L-E-T-O-N, N-I-K-I. Perfect. And we'll put those up on Thursday when we upload the podcast. I'll have those in the description as well so people can track you down. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a good day. And this is uh, Chad with I Want to Know, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great night. And we are...